0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, You can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Tune in next week for PFT Live because at the top of the hour on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, there will be a Simsism segment devoted to the new word that's been added to the lexicon. What did I say?
1: Simsisms. Respectful.
0: They have a respectful.
2: Very intense physical rivalry together. It's great too when you don't even realize. No, don't. That's what makes it even better. Respectful. <laughs> oh, respectful. Respectful. <laughs> respectful. Yes. Simsism. Number Simsism. 372.
1: Simsism.
2: may need to get a linguist involved to determine the proper spelling of respectful. I would have used an A instead of an I. The I is a curious choice, but I think it works either way. It's just the A just screams out the stupidity of it,
0: right? Well, I think they're doing Um, it as how I would spell it, right? I don't know. Who knows? There's no logic to any of it. Uh, Well,
2: no, 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 (laughs) because you would spell it with a K. So it's not how you <laughs> would have you.
0: spelled it. That's Thank for sure. you very much.
2: I'm dumb, but I'm not that dumb. I'll draw
0: the line there. How dare you? I don't know where that Let's, came from. I kind of uh, liked it, though. It kind of sounded
2: good, respectful. I like it. I, I think oh, I can work with it. Oh, it sounded so good you didn't even notice it. I know. Uh, Homer Simpson co-hosting now PFT Live four days a week. <laughs> Let's get into the power ranking. Speaking of stupid, because uh, I expect to be called stupid and worse by you and by anyone else out there who's reacted to these. But shake up at the top this week, Christopher. Oh, I've yeah. said before, if the Steelers lose, what's going to happen? They're yep. not just falling to number two, baby. You've lost. There's a team out there that's won nine in a row. The Saints jump to two, and the Chiefs move to one. The Steelers fall to three. And what a coincidence, this weekend, number three and number four, primetime on NBC to determine who belongs in the third spot, assuming the Chiefs and the Saints win. And, oh, by the way, next week it's the Chiefs and the Saints. We got some great – this is like some of those weeks where the college schedule – pits the best against the best in the regular season and how that happens so rarely that's what the next two weeks feel like
0: yeah it, it definitely does I mean I'm glad you you finally got the Kings back where they did belong I mean they're the, they're the best team in football I'm I'm not backing down from that um and yes you've been calling this for a while I mean the Steelers have been hanging on by a thread uh, I I think we've we've all seen that especially the last few weeks and the Chiefs you know, Chiefs we have the great confidence of even when they don't look great, we just we've seen them look great in big games and big moments, so we, we don't doubt them. The Saints have been the most consistent team in football since week 3. There's been nobody better and they've pro- progressively have gotten better in all areas to where they're dominant in quite a few. So, I'm I'm with you there. I mean, how much let me ask you this, just right at 1 and 2, right? How close is that? Like, if Chiefs Saints Super Bowl happens, and let's say Drew Brees is healthy, right? It's 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 so let's just say he's totally good. But like, how close is that? Where's the spread for you right now as we sit here in early December?
2: Uh, I I would say right now Chiefs five and a half. You think it's that That'd much? The point spread? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I would have probably said maybe four and a half. Three,
0: four and a half to five and a half. Okay. Yeah, you think they're that big of a a a
2: Vegas darling and just that good and dominant that they'll have that kind of spread against the Saints? I just wonder how much influence there will be from the Saints' recent trend of the spectacular struggle exit, right, yeah, from the postseason. Yeah, coupled with the Chiefs' trend of spectacular wins, and the Chiefs had their. Three big moments in the same postseason. The Saints have had the, their three awful moments spread out over three years, but you know it's the team that always finds a way to win, and the team that always finds a way to lose. And I think that in the postseason, yeah, that's a good point, Mike. And 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 that that I think that's going to influence people if and when those two cross paths in the postseason. We'll know what the point spread is soon enough. They're playing at the Saints. I think the Chiefs game at the Saints. I think the Chiefs will be two and a half point favorite. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, that'd be I, I. actually with what you said, I kind of agree with it.
0: I think you you might be right there. All right. So you got those top two. Tell me about the next two in the bunch. How close were you with Green Bay and Buffalo? I mean that that's an interesting one. Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay, been pr- pr- pretty good football. Buffalo's on fire. Uh, I was. I'm. You know. I'm surprised you have them in, in
2: front of Green Bay. But the Bills were so damn impressive yeah. on Monday night on a big stage. And they've got three of their next four games on that. Well, two of their next three now. They, they've they already passed the first test, but they have the Sunday night game against the Steelers. They have another primetime game coming up. And if they're ready to, to play at a high level in a big spot, that, that means something to me. And look, we expected the Packers to beat the Eagles. But we both picked the 49ers to beat the Bills. The yeah. fact that the Bills won as handily as they did, that, that gives them uh, extra points. And, and I actually thought about putting the Bills ahead of the Steelers going into this Sunday night game because I'm probably going to pick the Bills to win that game. And we've used that as a litmus test in the past to determine who should be higher. I think, the, you know, we're a day away from the Mega Picks podcast. I have time to change my mind 50 times. But right now, I'd say I'd pick the Bills to win.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do think there's a lot of ways they, they match up with Pittsburgh. And, you know, especially we've talked about the weakness of Buffalo and go, oh, with the run defense, well, that's looked a little bit better lately, and Pittsburgh doesn't run the football. So that that's that's okay. That's kind of a plus for Buffalo there. And then on the other side of the ball, Man, I don't know. Pittsburgh has not played a passing attack like Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills yet. It's what I'm going to be interested to see here going forward. I really am. Um, I, I think that I'm still not totally confident in the cover guys of Pittsburgh when there is time to throw and things like that, like we saw at the end of the game. You know, Pittsburgh is not real deep on the defensive line either. And without Bud Dupree, that's one less guy, one less stud, one less, you know, body a part of the rotation. That is something that worries me about them as we go down the stretch here. You know, who's going to be that team that does to them like New England used to do? You know, New England used to play the Pittsburgh Steelers and come out and do hurry up offense. And they did it for one reason, because they were going to wear out that front four and that rush. They weren't going to let them be a factor in the football game in third and fourth quarter. They would be dead by that. You know, I would think at some point one of these teams does that. Is that Buffalo? I don't know. But I have my concerns about Pittsburgh that way
2: and how they can match up against high-octane offenses. Well, and think about what we saw the Bills do to the 49ers on Monday night. You've got a quarterback who can buy time with his legs. You've got receivers who are going to get open. It could look a lot like it did, frankly, on Monday night, that that may be the formula for a team like the Steelers because you can wear out their pass rush that way. They're lacking – Bud Dupree and and they don't have tremendous they've got good good better than it used to be. That's right. But they don't have tremendous exactly. talent in the back end. Right. That that's what that's what I think is, you know, because even we saw the other night, I mean there's
0: some moments where, okay, ma'am, now we gotta play some man to man and do things like that. Oh, wow. All right, we can't cover that guy or this guy. Oh, wait, now we got a blitz, and oh, okay, our blitz, you know, we're trying to rush five. It's not getting there quite as quickly because it's late in the game. We're a little tired. Oh, man, now there's some holes in our zone. There's, you know, J.D. McKissick running and all that. But really, that's the intriguing thing to me with Pittsburgh. Still very impressed, not trying to take anything away from them Pittsburgh fans, but they, I don't think, they have not had to play a team that has a legit big-time quarterback legit passing attack all season and I want to see that because it's always been a question over the last few years we know we've had this conversation a lot and uh, I think Sunday night will go a little bit further and just giving us a little more information about how real good, how how good is Pittsburgh that way if they shut them down it'll make me think differently of them but uh, I don't know if I feel that way sitting here on Wednesday
2: The Steelers had held the number one spot in the power rankings for six weeks. Here's a question from T-Shirt University. I know the Steelers have only one loss, but if the playoffs started today, do you think they would make it to the AFC championship? Now, if the playoffs started today, they'd be the one seed, so they'd only need to win one game, divisional round at home, to get to the AFC championship. We don't know who that would be, but... Let's assume it would be anyone in the field other than the Chiefs. It could be the Bills. It could be the Ravens. It could be the Browns. Do you think the Steelers right now would win a divisional round game at home against one of these second tier teams in the AFC? Yeah, I mean, the the one thing is when you,
0: I mean, the way it stands as of right now, the divisional round game, they won't have to play Kansas City or Buffalo, So it would be a Tennessee it could be Buffalo. Oh, that's right. Well, Buffalo,
2: well, Buffalo's going to have to win, but then Buffalo would be playing the chiefs. You're right. Yeah. Right. Right. So, I mean, just how that kind of
0: looks that way to where, you know, the, the positive thing there I think is after, you know, the chiefs and Buffalo, I don't know if there is that high octane offense that could scare their secondary and do that. You got a lot of, you know, defense can run the ball Cleveland, Miami, Tennessee, so, yeah, I do. I think if that it stands this way, I, I do look at it and go, yeah, they can get to the AFC Championship game. Is it concerning? Of course it is. You know, If they have to win more than one game to go to the AFC Championship game, of course it's more concerning. I don't think it's sustainable to keep winning or go to the Super Bowl or the AFC Championship game with the way they're playing right now, the formula as far as no run game, you know, Think about the game the other night, how it bites them in the butt. Shotgun, shotgun, pass, 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 pass. Oh, now we're on the one-yard line. Oh, now we're going to get underneath the center and smash it in there from one. No, you're not. You're not. That's crazy. That's where they have to start to develop some sort of diversity there to help them out. Oh, you know, I mean, it'd be like asking you, hey, you know, you haven't been in court in a long time. Yeah, I know you could get through, and you could probably get through the process and do it, but – you're not going to do it to, like, the best of your abilities because you haven't been doing it for a long time. Well, the same with them. When you throw it 50 times a game, there is no attitude. There is no firing off the ball and keeping your shoulder pads low and doing all that stuff. And they they have to do that, I think, uh, against the better teams if
2: they want to get to the Super Bowl. There's another comment, not a question, from at Steelers Outpost, observing that the Steelers have had a terrifying regression of their offensive line and their receivers' ability to catch and we we had the sound earlier from Mike Tomlin talking about the inability of players to catch and they'll be replaced by those who can the offensive line at least from a run blocking standpoint not good Chris how much of this potentially flows from and I'm spitballing here yeah we always tend to do you talked yesterday about the possibility based upon what you're gleaning from watching the game right Ben Roethlisberger is changing run plays to pass plays as a receiver if when you walk up to the line of scrimmage thinking it's a run play and it gets changed to a pass does that mess with you? Does that does that make it is it? I mean, can? I guess you get used to it after a while. Right. If the guy's doing it all the time, eventually you figure, I, I better be ready at any given moment. I think this is going to be a run, but he's going to change it to a pass, so I better be ready to catch the ball. But even from the blocker's perspective, if you're going up to the line of scrimmage thinking that you're going to be firing off the ball, run blocking, Definitely. and then instead you're pass blocking, I mean, does, does that uncertainty, that, that constant uncertainty of what the play is actually going to be, does that factor into your performance? Well,
0: you don't ever like to do too much thinking at the off, on the line of scrimmage you know I don't want to all the time be thinking thinking change wait what am I doing ha ha you know really good offenses you know yeah they're gonna have their moments where hey quarterbacks gonna sit there and figure out the right play in a certain situation but the really good ones are gonna get in there have a tempo about them you know some pre-stat movement and not let the defense kind of hunker in there and think about all the things they can think about. Oh, wait, when they're in the shotgun and they do this, here's the Rolodex of things coach told me to think about. You know, when you have an offense that gets up to the line of scrimmage, movement, tempo, set, hut, you can't think of those things, let alone, okay, because you're, you know, the huddle, hey, strong left, strong left, hey, oh, no, 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 you're making calls, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, set, hut, I got to make a play now. To where the other way around, yeah, you're the defense, you get to kind of, okay, wait, all right, coach said when they're in empty, they like these pass patterns. I got to watch out for this guy over the middle. You get to check that out. And also what you do in that is, yeah, you you take away your offensive line's ability to just be aggressive and fire off the football. Now they're kind of on their heels. They're always thinking. It's always a little different that way. Um, they're a great pass-protecting O-line in Pittsburgh. I mean, they are great at that. And then with the drops, hey, they'll clean it up. You know, they have played two good defenses in a row, and I know some of the drops are inexcusable. You can't say anything about that, but I will say this. I, I I know I said this to you after the game. When you throw that many short passes and it's over the middle and always in traffic and every time you catch it, it's a bam, bam, bam play, well, damn. I, I mean, they're not Superman or Iron Man. They're going to drop it every now and then. That's just when you throw it 51 times and 48 of them are five yards in the middle of the field – then receivers are going to drop the ball in those scenarios. So there's some issues to clean up. I know we're both still positive about the Steelers, but yeah, there's some issues for an 11-1 football team.
2: I want to get your thoughts on the second half of our top 10. The Rams are now number six. moved up two spots after beating the Cardinals. The Dolphins move up two to number seven after beating the Bengals. The Browns jump three, and I finally did it. I jumped the Browns over the Colts, even though the Colts won the Browns who have beaten the Colts. That's right. And I should have done it last week, but this week with the Browns, their impressive victory over the Tennessee Titans. They're now number 8. So it's Rams, Dolphins, Browns, Colts, Seahawks down to 10. Titans on the outside looking in at the top 10. Are you okay with those six? I I am okay with that. I mean, that's, it is it's
0: a tough stretch of teams there. Cuz there's, you know, the, the top five, we've seen consistency throughout the year for the most part. These teams, every time we think, oh, they're a top five team or they're this, they're, there's always that loss or that unimpressive game that they play where you go, oh, wait, how good are they? Or they're just a little inconsistent. But I think I think clearly the Rams, I would put at number six. You know, I, I, I would. I know, hey, if you take away the 249 49ers games, the rest of their season looks pretty damn good. It really does. To where you go, man, they can play with anybody. They're tough as hell. And even those 49ers games, it wasn't like they were blown out or anything like that. But after that, I'm with you. How much did you think about the Titans Seahawks at 10 and 11 just to round out your top 10 there? That must have been pretty close between 10 and 11.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Look, because the Seahawks, uh, they they lost to a much lesser team. Yeah. Yeah. Than the Titans did, and I I did. I gave that a little bit of thought, but uh, it was hard putting the Seahawks out of the top ten because I'm willing to treat what happened on Sunday like an aberration, and maybe that's because I was influenced by the very smooth and suave effort by Russell Wilson to explain away what happened uh, after the game. I still, I still was very impressed by how nonchalant he was about the whole thing that occurred, but uh, maybe I still believe that the Seahawks are an elite team and uh, they didn't get rolled the way the Titans did, even though the Titans did show some grit in coming back. Let's get a concern from bewildered Eric about his Dolphins at number seven. Is the Dolphins' lack of a true number one running back going to be their downfall, Chris? Uh, I think it will be, especially if, like, two is your starting quarterback. I I think that
0: there is a little bit more needed at that position. And, of course, you know, they're banged up. I mean, that's another issue. It's like every time one of them seems to get in a groove or something, one gets hurt. But with the style of football they want to play, with Tua, which is defense, you know, he takes his one-on-one shots on the outside, the boots like we talked about, a few quick throws here and there. Hey, he looked better in the pocket last week doing some good things. But I I still don't think we're at the point with Tua to where we want to get in a playoff game or a big football game and go, okay, you know, we're just going to uncork it and let you throw the ball all over the field and you'll dissect defenses and do all that. So it is a little bit of a concern, the lack of running back and run game
2: uh, at times there in Miami. The upcoming schedule, a concern for Kay McKeara, Dolphins schedule to finish. We most likely need to go two and two to make the playoffs. Let's take a look at the Dolphins upcoming schedule. Uh, Look, I've I've been impressed by what they've done all year. They've had some great wins. They dismantled the Rams, which was impressive. But this is not an easy kick. This is not an easy Final Four. Chiefs, Pats, at Raiders, at Bills. They probably do need to win two of them. I don't know that one and three is going to get you in, and I don't think one and three is the way you want to finish the season. But, man, they could create some shockwaves by beating the Chiefs. And, yeah, the Patriots not long ago looked like an easy W. There's not going to be anything easy about it. I think the one game I feel the most strongly about them winning is the Raiders. I could see them beating the Patriots and the Raiders and losing to the Chiefs and the Bills. And, I don't know, maybe that'll be enough to get in. It should be.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would think 10-6 and 6 is going to make it. I mean, I, you know, again, we're, we're, we're still too far out just with the fact that the Dolphins, the Colts, the Raiders – The Baltimore Ravens are all still there, six and four. I mean, eight and four and seven and five. But man, that is some stretch of games. Um, Their defense can be special with their coaching, of course, and some of their talent. I I would think they can give Kansas City some issues this weekend with their corners and secondary. And of course, we know Brian Flores has some knowledge of that Kansas City offense and all of that. They could be a pain in the butt. I mean, we're talking yeah, one mistake by Kansas City. You know, or something like that, and all of a sudden we're going, whoa! This is going to come down in the end, going to be a close football game. Uh, I got faith in them, but as it sits here right now, at eight and four, like what's your gut? With that schedule,
2: do you think they're going to make it and get in? When you consider all these other teams and you look at what the the Ravens showed us last night, now seven and five after getting the victory over the Cowboys. I think it's not going to be easy for the Ravens to hold, or the, for the Dolphins, excuse me, to hold that sixth spot. Right now, I hate to say it because I like to see change, and I love what Brian Flores did last week in defending his guys. And I would have taken Brian Flores over any of the members of the Cincinnati Bengals organization, including all of the players. I have a feeling they're not going to make it. I, it. It does.
0: I, I feel that way too. I guess I lean that way. I'm rooting for it. Um, Hey, I guess one good thing is you know they they got the Raiders and Colts who play each other this weekend. That's one team that you know they're kind of there's two teams they're fighting with, so one of them's going to lose. But yeah, as it sits here right now, I think I'm with you. I just look at their schedule, you know, and I feel like they're going to be on the outside sitting look, looking in too. I'm still not giving up on Baltimore. I just think Baltimore is going to make a run here, and I would be shocked if Baltimore doesn't win out and they could very easily be 11-5. and five. So I'm still counting them as a
2: playoff team when it's all said and done here. One of the most fascinating teams for me, and this team didn't play this weekend, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 7-5 and five with mm. four games to go. The concern expressed by Mike Ness 18 for the Bucs, I worry about the inconsistency of the offense and the clash of views between Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. And Bruce Arians spoke to reporters yesterday after several days of not speaking because they were in their bye week. It's still to what a shock. He hasn't changed dramatically from last week to this week. What a stunner that a guy in his late 60s hasn't undergone a dramatic personality change in a short period of time. But you, that, that that undercurrent is still there. They need to get the ball to Ronald Jones 20 times a game. Uh, you know, they just need to do better on third downs on, on offense. It's, it's – th- there wasn't a sense that he went back to the lab – and realized that there were some major changes that needed to be made for a team that, when you look at it, suggests that maybe some major changes need to be made, Chris. Well, well I mean, it, I, I think, you know, our our Twitter user
0: there, and the question I think is very real. I mean, that's that's the issue, you know, with at Mikeness18. You know, that's, he's right. There seems to be that issue of, you know, clash of styles or philosophies there that they still haven't found the right formula or way they want to do it. Um, I I, I'm with Bruce Arians in the fact that, you know, I think the bucks are the best when they do run the ball and play through Ronald Jones a little bit. And honestly, I think Brady looks the best when they play that way too. That's where I'm a little like, that's where I'm confused about it in in some ways too, because I want to be like, man, doesn't Brady just see how effortless the offense is when they run the ball, and he gets to throw the ball and play action wide open to people and makes big throws down the field? And does he really want to spread it out and try to jam in five and six-yard completions all the time? You know, I don't know if that's doing – I don't think that's his best thing right now. I don't. We're seeing Tom Brady, when he's in the shotgun, people are starting to blitz him and pressure him, and he doesn't have all the answers he had in New England and everything like that that he is being affected by it. And when they keep tight ends and run the ball and do all that, he seems comfortable in the pocket and wants to throw the ball down the field. So uh, I don't know where it goes, but I, I know I've been pretty steady in the fact that I think that's their best way to win, and that's the best Bucks team I see when they play with that style.
2: And coming up this weekend against the Vikings team that, yeah, they're 6-6, six and six, but but if they win, they're 7-6, and six, and the Bucks are 7-6, and six, and the Vikings hold the tiebreaker – This is a perfect defense for Tom Brady to be the old Tom Brady against. No pass rush up the middle, overmatched secondary when you've got Antonio Brown and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Rob Gronkowski. And if Eric Kendricks doesn't come back from the calf injury that was aggravated, made him a late scratch on Sunday against the Jaguars. I mean, the Vikings have been barely beating not good teams. The recipe is there Sunday for the Buccaneers to just blow the Vikings off the field. I mean, let's be objective and let's be realistic. If the Buccaneers do what they're capable of doing, they should roll up 35 to 40 points, Chris. I, I, I don't see, yeah, Mike, I'm with you. I don't see this
0: as being a good matchup for, for the Vikings. You know, and, and And as we always know, I mean, the Vikings are such a run-centric team, too. I just would be shocked if they can run the ball on Tampa Bay. I would and we know like the ripple effects of that that the pass offense is not that diverse when the run game doesn't work to where it can just carry the squad so yeah I do think Tampa's clearly in the advantage in this matchup uh, without a doubt and I would think that they do win the football game unless you know Brady or just something stupid happens
2: where they make mistakes and kind of blow it Yeah, uh, one of many good games coming up this weekend. By the way, we have a draft coming up in about 15 minutes of the best games left in the final four weeks of the regular season, and there are plenty to choose from. Before that, though, let's take a break. We'll talk a little bit more about Mike Tomlin's reaction to his Steelers loss on Monday night. Plus, will there be local postseason bubbles? I don't think there will be mandatory, but I think there will be voluntary playoff bubbles. We'll discuss that next year on PF2 Live.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped
1: this charming devil. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart.
2: All right, you know, we said we'd talk more about Mike Tomlin, but we've made the executive dis- decision. We've talked enough about the Steelers today. Let's focus on an issue that we haven't addressed in a while because we we got some information yesterday straight from the NFL Players Association regarding, among other things, the possibility of a postseason bubble. NFLPA president and Brown Center J.C. Treder said during a conference call with reporters yesterday it's been a tough year from a mental health perspective for our players to further ask guys to stay away from their young children and their families for potentially six weeks. That's a big ask, and that has ramifications outside the game of football. And the key words there to me, and I understand what he's saying, there's only two teams that would be in a hotel for six weeks, though, the Super Bowl teams, and the the last week they're always in a hotel anyway, so it's five weeks in a hotel beyond what they otherwise would be doing. A big ask. Those are the three magic words Yeah, because this all gets back to, Chris, the the theme that we have been mentioning from time to time when it relates to the possibility of a bubble, and that is collective bargaining. The union currently can sit there with its arms folded saying, we're fine with the way things currently are. And the league would have to offer them something to get them to change the status quo, to agree to put all players, not from every team, but just from the – Final fourteen teams into hotels for the duration of each team's playoff stay. For let me get this right: for four teams, it'll be one week. Yeah, for four more teams, for it'll be two four weeks. Te- for the for fourteen. Well, for eight te- for, for for wait, there's four winners and two. Yeah. Okay, I don't I'm confused. There's six teams now. How many teams? How many three wild teams? Card games 3 teams, teams one week, okay. right? Six then the teams. divisional For team you're going to have eight losers. losers. I
0: mean four losers. Right. So you're going I I
2: don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, it's too much math. Florioism. Much math. He
0: can't add. The kid can't even it's, count I, over I, here. I never said that I could. <laughs> Pete, six, four, you're not two, helping one. me by trying Pete.
2: Pete. Pete is reading off Lottery numbers into my ear, Pete. That's not helping me figure this out. Okay. <laughs> well, Pete has a bunch so, of anyway. kids around him, right? So he's got to yell over them, all right. Six four two one. That's how it goes. Though. <laughs> anyway, uh, you have a certain number of teams every week that get out of the hotel, and it's every week. And there are fewer and fewer teams that are still in the hotel. But it all comes back to what will the league do for the union to get them to agree to it when they don't have to. And the ace in the hole for the league is very simple. And I don't know that the union has gamed this out the way that they should. Voluntary bubbles are legal. We saw it during training camp. Some teams had them. They set up a hotel. They opened it up and said, hey, anybody wants to stay can. Well, during the playoffs, and this belief has been percolating since August, during the playoffs, when it's time to pursue – a Super Bowl ring, when it's time to cement your legacy, when it's time to get more and more money for each game that you win, you're going to have the key players on the team volunteer to go to the hotel. And they're going to apply good old-fashioned peer pressure on the players who may be reluctant to get them to go to the hotel too. Because no one's going to want to be the one who holds out And no one's going to want to be the one who brings the virus into the building when everyone else is staying in a hotel that's as virus-free as they can possibly be, Chris. no,
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's going to have to go that way. It doesn't seem like the NFLPA is going to really venture down this road too aggressively. They seem pretty steadfast in the fact that, like J.C. Treader says, he thinks it's too big of an ask for these guys and their families and everything like that. You know, I, I, I do understand that. I have compassion for that. I do. Um, it's also, like you talked about, though, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, the, your, your status as a player, your career, you know, that's on the line. And, man, there's a lot of money to be, be made in the playoffs. You know, again, I know NFL players make a lot of money, but it's only a handful of players on every team that make big money. Everybody else to get playoff checks is a really big deal. To get like a really big deal, because hey, if you're a guy that's you know making the the minimum at whatever it is right now, I don't even know six hundred thousand, and then you get to the Super Bowl and do that, I mean that's you you can end up having an extra hundred and fifty thousand dollars in your pocket. That that makes guys want to go run through a wall or do whatever they got to do. So I would think just that aspect alone is going to make players, the majority of them, just go, you know what, I'll go to a hotel. I don't care if the NFL PA says yes or no or whatever. I'm, our, our team is offering this, and we'll just go because we think we're good and we got a chance, and I, I'm hoping that'll be the case.
2: The, the easiest comparison is the offseason voluntary workouts. They're not mandatory. They're voluntary, and what happens? For the good teams, what happens? Yeah, everybody's that's there. That's right. And if you're not there, you got to answer to the starting quarterback. That's the key. When the starting quarterback decides he's going to the hotel, when he decides he's breaking away from his family and he's going to stay in a hotel for up to six weeks, that's when everyone else is going to follow. And no one else's legacy Legacy. is tied to getting a Super Bowl win than the starting quarterback. And and from the NFL's perspective, I think the attitude is, hey, fine. If if these teams want to go home and have guys – who aren't allowed to play in playoff games? Do you think we're not gonna play the playoff games? Right. Hell yeah, we're gonna play the playoff right. games. Right. And you're just gonna have one team that's overmatched because the other team had all their guys in a hotel.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, you, you could see how easily he can turn. Look at Des Bryant last night. I mean, he thinks he's done pretty much everything right, the same routine, all of that. Well, I don't know. Who has he gone home with? Who's it there, you know, who's there? You just don't know. You're right. There's too many factors about going home. You know, and yeah, your families are there, but where's the wife been that day? How many, you know, what has she done running errands, working, whatever your kids at school, all those things. I mean, uh, it, you know, it is what it is. You're right. The NFL is going to keep going. They're not going to stop if, if, if it's some big time player that's not available for a playoff football game. And, um, th- that's where it's interesting. And like, that's where I just look at certain teams where I go, I, I would have a hard time thinking new Orleans and teams like you know Pittsburgh I I would think they're gonna start talking about playoff bubble and do we want to make this happen do we because we're we get Super Bowl on our mind we don't want to mess this up you've had this made this sacrifice this long to this point where it's been a tough year and we've done our best let's make one more big sacrifice here to to get what we really want which is a ring and a Super Bowl trophy
2: now you know I doubt that this will be a factor, but I'm trying to think as broadly about this as possible because if you lose in the playoffs, the good news is you get to go home. I can't imagine that you'd have a guy in crunch time of a playoff game who's thinking, oh, what the hell, I get to go home, unless it's Greg Williams coaching somewhere in the postseason. I can't, imagine, <laughs> I can't imagine a guy at that point not going for the win and extending the stay in the hotel by a week because you're one step closer to, to achieving something you may never have a chance to achieve ever again. I think that's why it's going to happen. These teams are going to recognize, the quarterbacks are going to do it, the other team leaders are going to do it, and they're just going to do it. It's a short, grand scheme of things. You got the rest of your life to be with your family. Right, and and I don't want to sound callous here. I'm that, just trying Mike, to understand that's my how they're going to process yeah. this. You got the rest of your life to be with your family. You got the entire off season where you're home. This is a short period of time, and the worst case scenario is I'm gone for six weeks, right. which is the best case scenario. Which means we've made it to the Super right. Bowl. Right, it's a great, there's a great reward at the end of the you know at the end of the
0: rainbow there for for a team. Uh, there's no doubt, Mike. I mean, I'm I'm that way. You know, I, I don't know. and That's why it's, it's hard to talk about it because I don't want to be insensitive towards other people. I know not everybody's wired. But I'm a, anybody who knows me tells you I, I love being around my family, my kids, all that. But, you know, I don't know. If I was a starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers or the New Orleans Saints or the Green Bay Packers or anybody, I'd be like, hey, screw you, family. I'm going to the bubble. We'll see you later. I'll see you hopefully after the Super Bowl. But that's what's got to be done. Or maybe these teams give the offer of – Hey, we've rented out five floors on the ho- in the hotel. You can bring your wife and kids if you want, and they can stay there with you throughout too. No problem. I mean, most of the country's doing class on Zoom anyways right now. I mean, there's plenty of that going on. So I don't think that would be that huge of an adjustment. I know it's uncomfortable and all that, but I think maybe if you got teams to offer that up to the families, that might entice a few other players to feel more comfortable about it and
2: go along that way too. Chris, I know you love your family dearly and I assume they love you dearly too. We think. <laughs> think about 6 weeks in one room. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> You'd know. You'd have to at least have a suite. You definitely but even would. Then, you would. When when when, right. when we do the Super Bowl trip and it's my wife and my son and I in one big room uh and with only one bathroom, that becomes a challenge Yes. very very, very quickly. I so bet. uh so yeah, that that's another way to look at it that maybe guys are just say let's just look like, this is part of the camaraderie this is part of the we are going for it this is a limited window in time and I think that's why the NFL is not going to be inclined to go to the union and say we're going to give you this we're going to give you that please do it please do it please do it this is going to sit back and say the teams are going to do it anyway and even if they don't we're still playing the games well, yeah. we don't care right we don't care if if five of your star players aren't available hey maybe if five of the star players on the team that's favored by seven and a half points aren't available. We get a better game out of it. Well, I mean, Hey, basketball and baseball and
0: hockey, we didn't like, they weren't, they lived. There was nobody like, Oh my, I mean, it was tough. I know that, but you saw them capable of doing it. See, that's the difference too, with the NFL. You know, I, I still have people who come up to me and say that, Oh, you know, they'll say that to my wife. Oh man, he must've been gone a lot as an NFL football player. What? Eight, eight nights a year. You know, players aren't, they, you know, think about a baseball player, or basketball player. They leave town for 10, two weeks at a time at times. So maybe they were more accustomed to being away from their families because of that. Football world is not like that, as you know. It's out of there Saturday afternoon and you're back in your house Sunday night if you had a Sunday afternoon football game. And it's only eight times a year for those eight away, away games. So uh, it's it's a different
2: mindset. And obviously, NFL football players are having a hard time wrapping their heads around it. The virus is so prevalent in our communities, and it's getting worse all the time. Oof. It's the only way to have the certainty, and not even certainty. Certain, There's nothing certain as it relates to this pandemic. It's the closest thing you're going to have to a high degree of confidence that you're not going to have a Des Bryant situation Or an outbreak like the Ravens had a couple of weeks ago let's take a break when we return as promised a draft of the best games yet for the final 64 regular season games of the 2020 seasons uh, to be played out over the next four weekends we'll do that draft when PFT Live continues right after this I did not know that Colt 45 malt liquor was named for a member of the Baltimore Colts but Jerry Hill Running back for the Colts in the 60s, War Number 45. The brewing company was located in Baltimore. Colt 45 was named in his honor. Wow! Did not know that. I did not did know, know that either. Didn't. I hope the guy got a cut of the gets a cut of like the the, <laughs> the pay every now and then. But they didn't use his name. <laughs> I'd be like not. calling it. I'd be like calling it Buccaneers too. Buccaneers too. Any of that?
0: No one's gonna <laughs> drink that crap.
2: The hell with <laughs> that. Colt 45 <S laughs> sounds a lot better. <laughs> Well All done. the flavor, Well the done, screen. I like that on top. That's <laughs> <just laughs> awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Buck- I need wiser. those labels. I need those labels to put uh, – I can, I can, you can make it into a coaster. You can make it into a T-shirt. The people at Anheuser-Busch probably would argue that it's uh, an infringement on their – Their their rights, but yeah, all of the flavor, none of the spleen. Way to go, EJ. That's EJ. (laughs) very well done. None of the spleen. Very
0: very well done. done. Best work. Do you Uh, think they gave that guy at least some like cases (laughs) of beer though? Like I hope they probably. All right, I hope they gave him some free beer and he got to have some fun with that. I mean, that wouldn't be
2: fair. Well, I mean, if you have any faith in your brand new product, you probably sent several cases over to the. Baltimore Colts locker room and hope that they drink it and like it and then go buy some of their own. That's kind of how the marketing goes, right? But, uh, yeah. Cold 45, Jerry Hill, Buckweiser two. all the flavor, none of the spleen. All right. The best <laughs> games of the final four weeks of the 2020 regular season. That's our draft. Chris, here's the question. And I'm, I'm glad I remembered that you asked me yesterday because today's isn't easy. Today's is going to require some thought, especially under, under the pressure of time. This Sunday, Jalen Hurts will be the seventh NFC East backup quarterback to start a game this season. Name the other six. Whoa, it's
0: amazing there's six others. Okay, so Washington football team, we got Alex Smith and Kyle Allen. So there's two. The Cowboys, we got Dalton and Danucci. right? We've had Colt McCoy, and we've had – Oh, uh, Garrett Gilbert! Bam! Give me the first pick.
2: Woo! You got it! Wow! Woo! I thought you were gonna forget about Garrett Gilbert when you passed over the Cowboys with just Dalton and Danucci. I did. Well I, done. Yeah,
0: That's I almost impressive. did. I, I thought about it, and Danucci was really the one that sparked it. I was like, wait, they didn't play more than one game with Danucci. They they uh, they put him on the bench, so that that got me thinking. There,
2: you were smart though. The way to do it with a lot like that, and, and because it's easy to freeze. Yes. If you just start talking, just start rattling them off, because if you stop it, you just feel the walls. Oh, you do. Yeah. You oh, gosh, I'm
0: taking away TV time. Oh, my gosh, we have the draft. I have to hurry up. Yeah, you'll choke under the pressure. So, uh, all right. Well, I think the first pick is fairly easy here. I think you would probably go the same way. That's the week 15 Chiefs Saints game. I mean, how could that not be the game of the, the rest of this year? Uh Probably the two best teams in football right now. Certainly are on the PFT Mike Florio power rankings, that's for sure. But I I mean, that that is. That's Marquee. Those are two teams we had looked at all long offseason, a Super Bowl contenders. Drew Brees talked to us at the Super Bowl last year about how he had to play the Kansas City Chiefs and all of that. The Saints, we're gonna draft Patrick Mahomes. And Kansas City traded up in front of them and do that. So this is the first time we're getting to see all this, let alone there's good players. It's the old versus the new with Mahomes and Breeze. Too many good storylines. So that's the winner right there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The only caveat, though, is this. Because it's next weekend, there is a chance that the Chiefs, who have a tendency to sleepwalk through the games, that they know they should win. We saw it on Sunday night against the Broncos. Now they also have a tendency to find a way to win. More often than not, even when they sleepwalk for three and a half quarters, they could lose to the Dolphins, which would cause that game to lose some luster. So since that game isn't on the tee yet, we don't know. We still don't know. The one we know about is this week, Sunday Night Football. Yes, I'm being a good company man here. I agree it with you, much, It doesn't take much swallowing of my integrity to say Steelers at Bills is one of the best remaining matchups. That's my first pick. It's three versus four on the PFT Power rankings, and it has significant implications because this opens the door for the Chiefs to take the one seed and run with it if the Steelers would lose to Buffalo. And as we discussed earlier, we won't lock in our picks until tomorrow, but I think we both are kind of leaning that we think the Bills will win that game, which will create some chaos at the top of the AFC.
0: Yeah, it definitely will. Yeah, I mean, certainly. And, you know, I mean, gosh, if Pittsburgh lost to Buffalo, not only would, yeah, they now could be the number two seed. Now you're starting to flirt with, whoa, we could end up being the number three seed if we lose another game, which we know. Or five. Yeah, or Or five. five. You're right. I mean, it can go a lot of different ways here. Um Man, there's so many damn games to pick from. I don't even know where to begin here. Okay, well, honestly, listen. I'm not even trying. I I do think your game that you just picked was the second game. Uh, I'm going to Monday night this same week. I don't mean – this is not like – I'm not trying to be recency biased or anything like that. It's Ravens-Browns. The game really counts. And the Browns are the team with the better advantage and the team that is sitting pretty. The Ravens are the ones – that are in the position I would thought the Browns would be in, really, honestly, where it's almost must-win, and we've seen the Ravens. They've had their way with the Cleveland Browns and the Lamar Jackson era and everything like that, but this Cleveland Browns team has shown you. They're for real. It's the first time we saw them on the big stage last week. They showed up. It's a big moment. I'm excited for this game. There's a lot of pressure on both sides here, and neither one is, of course – you know, guaranteed a playoff spot as we sit here right now. And Cleveland's got some tough games on their schedule coming about here. So, you know, they're, they're not, I don't want to say must wins, but we know how important it is to the AFC North and just to the AFC playoff picture.
2: Well, and, and I also think it's important to the psyche of the Cleveland Browns, because if you get blown out again by the Ravens, that erases what you did to the Titans that yeah. shows it was a fluke, or at least it creates the argument. It was a fluke. You validate what you did on Sunday in Nashville by at least keeping it close on Monday night against the Ravens. And if you beat the Ravens, then, hey, maybe the Steelers, if they lose the night before to the Bills, really do have to worry about blowing the division to the Browns. We saw the tweet from Miles Garrett earlier this week. The Steelers may have opened the door. Maybe they have. Maybe week 17 will be the NBC nationally televised game to cap the season to determine who's the one seed or two seed and who's the five seed, just like we saw last year kind of, with Seahawks 49ers. I'm going to go to the NFC West for my next pick, and that is Rams-Seahawks Week 16. Yeah. We don't quite know what the implications will be, but we know there will be implications yes. for both teams. That's right. It could be the Seahawks are in danger of not making the playoffs at all. It could be the Rams in danger of losing first place in the division. Right? We've seen the separation in that division where the Cardinals and the 49ers have fallen off, but a couple of weeks from now, Who knows? Every time you're right off the 49ers, they start rattling off wins. That game is going to be significant because it very well could be not quite an elimination game for the Rams, but it could be an elimination game for the Seahawks, and the Rams would relish the chance to knock the Seahawks out of the postseason if they could. You
0: you look at the bottom like – I mean, I'm with you because that's a good pick by you because there's almost – there's no way that doesn't have implications. Even if they fall on their face here, you know, the next two weeks – it's still going to have implications. So that's I think that's that was a good safe pick by you. And um you know Mike the more you look at it and just the just the schedules of Minnesota, Arizona, Chicago, you know, Detroit. Okay, I'm I'm not even going to count Chicago and Detroit, all right? Oh, with all due respect, I don't respect you Chicago and Detroit, so the hell with <laughs> it, all right? So there's San Francisco at 5 and 7. And Nine and seven might make the playoffs this year in the NFC for real. I mean, because you look at Minnesota's schedule, Minnesota could lose all four games. They could lose them all. I mean, they really could. There's no guarantee, like you've been saying. You know, Arizona's got a very tough schedule, really tough. They got to play the 49ers, they got to play the Rams, and uh, there's somebody else I'm missing in there the Giants, which is not going to be a slam dunk. So there's the Nine and seven really could make it, so I like the pick. Sorry to blabber there. All right, I'm going the same week, though, that you were just in in week 16 because for the same reason. It's two really good teams, and I think it's we're guaranteed of huge implications. Packers-Titans, week 16, I think is the next game I'm, I'm uh, very excited about. Yeah, because the Packers could be sitting there going, if the Saints lose to the Chiefs next week – If they can win-win and then win that one, they're going to be going, we're the number one seed. Everybody's got to come up to Green Bay and freeze their ass off here
2: in Lambeau. Uh, That'll be a big advantage for them. So that will be my next one. Last one for me, Colts-Steelers Week 16, another one where we know there will be implications, especially if the Steelers lose this weekend. We don't know whether the Colts are going to make it. We don't know whether the Steelers are going to hang on to the one seed or even – the three or four seed they could blow their division i think that's going to be a huge game it's going to have an old school feel to it as well in pittsburgh two days after christmas cold windy snowy hopefully uh should be be a fun game plenty of other great games too that's just six there are 58 others and a lot of them have great great meaning we're going to take a break we'll wrap up this wednesday edition of pft live right after this We've had a mini rash in recent weeks of news of player suspensions for PED violations. There will be weeks and months that go by with none, Chris. And now we had Will Fuller of the Texans last week, Bradley Roby of the Texans last week, and now reportedly, according to Mike Kliss of Nine News in Denver, Broncos cornerback A.J. Bouye facing a suspension for violation of the PED policy.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, when I first saw this right off the bat, I went, wait, AJ Bouye, he's been in Houston with Will Fuller. Bradley Roby's been in Denver. Now he's in Houston with Will Fuller. I mean, again, we don't know. I don't know, but I just I find that incredibly suspicious. And you know me, Mike. I don't make. I don't. I'm not sitting here trying to make excuses for guys that are cheating. So I don't know. I mean, I, we'll we'll see where it goes. But I find it very peculiar that it's those three guys and there's a history there and they're all in a similar predicament as far as where their careers are in contract situations,
2: uh, I don't think it's a coincidence. The one thing that drives me crazy about the entire PED policy, there is that opportunity there for anyone who tests positive to try to create the impression that it was a tainted supplement or it was this or it was that or the dog ate my homework, anything but I was cheating they've never caught a cheater other than apparently julian edelman's who, who whose excuse was i don't know I don't what, know what happened right yeah that's it i don't know what happened everybody else knows what happened and it's always something other than i was trying to get an advantage by using a banned substance
0: yeah i you know again that's right it's, it's hard for me to believe any player show you got to show me the paperwork what happened what went on and maybe i'll believe you then but until then no Well done. See you Thursday. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's. You did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: Listening to your favorite podcast. That's smart.